January 20th, 2017, will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. We do not seek to impose our way of life on anyone, but rather to let it shine as an example. We will shine for everyone to follow. There should be no fear. We are protected and we will always be protected. We will be protected by the great men and women of our military and law enforcement. And most importantly, we will be protected by God. We stand at the birth of a little millennium, ready to unlock the mysteries of space, to free the earth from the miseries of disease, and to harness the energies, industries, and technologies of tomorrow. A new national pride will stir ourselves, lift our sights, and heal our divisions. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. Together, we will make America strong again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And yes, together, we will make America great again. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Let's go see the This is Christopher Hart with your American Adversaries Second Helping Podcast, where we offer up a sample of our American Adversaries radio show, which you can listen to live Sunday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on our website, AmericanAdversaries.com, on our station's website, TheAnswerOrlando.com, and also on our Rumble channel, that's American Adversaries. On our Sunday night show, Lair Adams expressed to Kathy Santomasino, Pierce Outlaw, and myself his passionate position about the Republican presidential primary. Trump's lead continues to grow in the Republican primary. As I said, Pence is out. Uh, the debate is coming up. DeSantis is still in, but there was a poll that came out in Nevada that showed Trump at about 60 percent. There was 63 percent and DeSantis at 9 percent. And then you had the others. He's taken now to attacking Nikki Haley a little bit more frequently and he has tagged her with the nickname Bird Brain. <laughs> and, uh, and Ain't going to help him on the women's vote there, is it, Chris? I don't know. We'll see. But he does seem to be gaining ground amongst all the various demographics. We'll have to see. Um, but he is... He was. Uh, he also spoke in front of the Jewish group in Nevada yesterday, and then yesterday evening he gave a speech in Las Vegas. To it was a uh, they call it a caucus commitment party, and basically in the caucus states like Nevada and Iowa, you don't show up to vote and then you just walk in, put you know fill out your ballot and then go about your merry day. Uh, the caucus process goes on all day, and you have to be there all day. And the way it's typically done is that they'll, they'll, in the various precincts, they'll have the caucus meeting and everybody will show up and then they will, everybody will kind of divide off into the groups that support the various candidates. 
So let, let's say in Des Moines, Iowa, and precinct number 15, they get together at the local church or whatever, and all the people get in there, and they say, okay, now it's time to break up. Everybody go over here for Trump. And let's say 50% of the people go over there for Trump. Everybody go over here for DeSantis, for Haley, and whatever. And then the, the, basically the, the, the wheeling and dealing begins. And people can go from one group to people in the other group and try to convince them to shift their vote. And that's what goes on all day long. So you have to be willing to go through that ordeal in order to be able to vote. And so at the end of the process, at the end of the day, they vote. And then they tally up the votes. So it's not easy to be a caucus member. It, it, it takes some you-want-to-be-there stuff, right? It's not just in and out. So well, they make it hard for a reason. Well, it, it's it's a little bit more of yeah. the, so we say the democratic process, and so it, it's important for the candidates to rally loyalty amongst these people to make sure that they show up and go through the ordeal for their you know for their support. So he was given another one of his speeches last night, and evidently there weren't any teleprompters or they didn't work, so he was kind of reading from a uh, a notebook with it, with a speech in it but you know as he does he's a lot it's it's half the the written text and then half you know contemporaneous just off the top of his head type type stuff so at one point he was talking about how old Joe Biden is and everything and how he's always confused and so then he does this little comedy routine of where he's Trump is wandering around the stage like he's lost right <laughs> <laughs> but then then he's kind of done that before but the new twist on the speech last night was the P tape now, if you remember from the Steele dossier, the most salacious allegation was... Peeing on the bed well, or the prostitutes or something. Right. That Trump, on well, one of his trips to Moscow, found out that Obama had slept in the same suite of the hotel that he was sleeping in, Trump. Mm -hmm. And so, according to the, the P-tape allegations... Uh, and by the way, the P-tape was never produced, but supposedly it was on tape because the KGB had been taping him, but that uh, he, got, he had gone out, he'd had his people go out and hire prostitutes in Moscow to come back to the hotel and pee on the bed. Right. And so so he, as he explained it last night, he says, you know, all this other stuff they're accusing me of uh, when, when it came to Melania, I wasn't worried about it. But then the P tape came up. <laughs> and, and, and I was wor I was a little worried about how was how was I going to explain this to Melania, even though it didn't happen. You know, how was I going to yeah. deal with this? He said, but it, it worked out okay because Melania said it could never happen. You're a germaphobe. You would never exactly. do anything like that. <laughs> I mean, but well, tr that's Trump like something a taxi driver would tell you. <laughs> oh, I, I listen. I know all about it. I but, know this happened. But, but the brilliance of this is a lot of people still foolishly believe that oh, nonsense. Yeah. Right. And so for him to poke fun at it that way is actually, he is one of the, if not the best political communicator in, certainly in our lifetimes, maybe Reagan, it, 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 because he was, you know, he was known as the communicator. But Trump knows how to communicate on practically every level. And you know what he's doing, which I think is brilliant? He's taking a negative news story that never happened and turning it into a shtick, a comedy routine. <laughs> well, and you know, and that's what a good comic can do. They can take, you know, something bad, and they can turn it into reality, but funny. That you're right. like Seinfeld's really good. Well, and the media is avoiding all of that. You know, if they of run course. these little bits, that would make them look too good. Exactly, it makes them look too human. <laughs> yes, you see. Well, that, no, it slaps them it, in the face. It, absolutely, it and does. poor Joe, right. Joe Biden because right. they right. ran the P tape as if it were true, which it, exactly. tells you. And what Melania is saying tells you that the people that came up with these lies didn't know Trump. Yeah. Right. This is how I know that Donald Trump never had sex with Stormy Daniels. Oh, God. Because no. when she was asked, did Donald Trump use a condom, she said no. And I'm here to tell you, yeah. he ain't going down into that swamp no. without waders on. All right? <laughs> Got to wear a wetsuit. No way. that he gonna, He's a germaphobe. He always yeah. has been his entire life. It, it just, so, just, you, you know. You, and with Melania at home... 
Well, Why would I even sleep with Stormy Daniels? Come well, on, let's be real. Well, that was supposedly, I don't know if it was prior to the but it just, none of it makes any sense. If you know anything about the man. But, you know, he knows how to deal with it and, uh, and turn it to his favor. Excuse me, guys. I don't want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. But from what I've read and heard, <laughs> prostitutes don't have sex with men if they don't wear a condom. Well, I mean, it's just well, she, she now, came. She came from the the uh, uh, the what, pornography world. Well, yeah, now so, the por- yeah pornography so, they don't. Yeah, so not that I. Know. How did you know? Yeah, not that I know. <laughs> I hear about this stuff. Well, I know we'll be back after this break. You are listening to the American Adversaries Radio Show. We're halfway in, halfway to go on our Sunday evening three-hour classic tour. Thank you, folks, for riding along with us. Hey, let me show you this crazy balloon I've got. <laughs> On Trump and Tuesday, Orlando City Council candidate Randy Ross expressed his frustration to Mike McBath and me about the mishandling of millions of dollars in donations for a Pulse nightclub terrorist attack memorial. By the way, one of the uh, issues that you've run on is this Pulse Foundation thing. Yeah, I think it's really just—it's— It's disastrous what the media is allowing the mayor and the city council to get away with. It's not about the $2 million building, and it's no longer even about, uh, you know, the people that that died that night. Unfortunately, what it's about is a corrupt organization and the One Pulse Foundation spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on people like Earl Crittenden, who was the uh, chairman, $102,000 to be chairman of this board. Uh, why? Why were we even paying him? He was an independently wealth, wealthy person. Yeah, volunteer. You've got, you've got yeah. Scott Bowman, who used to be the government and community relations director for the Magic, now over here sitting here at $152,000 oh. a year for, what, four or five years. The bottom line is they used it as a cash influx. And, I, you know, $34 million to go through, Mike, you know, you've got... $34 a, million. You understand. I mean, and nothing to show for nothing it. Nothing to show for it. Not even one brick laid. But I will tell you this. Now that they have the building, which they... You you know, Buddy Dyer and Patty Sheehan took a victory lap during the gay pride parade over the weekend. I was not there. I saw the pictures. And in my opinion, what a slap in the face to the families, to the community. And anybody that's LGBTQ, if you think it's okay to vote for Buddy Dyer or Patty Sheehan on the 7th, knowing the amount of money that the One Pulse Foundation, under their nose, as they were the face of that organization, has literally, it's, it's organized crime. And the fact that the other day on Channel 9, I'll, I'll leave it with this, Chris, on Channel 9 over the weekend, they said, well, the money's gone. It's just gone. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what? What? Kind of like that money Randy, we to Ukraine. Once you see the just title gone. consultant fee. I want to see, I see a forensic to audit. I want to yeah. see what the mayor, if anything, got financially. What, Patty, if anything, she got financially. Think about the trips they made all over oh, the country the to visit different uh, memorial sites, yeah. all of them. Oh, Who paid for that? The One Pulse Foundation or the city budgets paid for that. Yeah. There's so much corruption in that particular situation. And the funniest part about it is Patty was the very first openly gay elected official in Florida. What a way to either stay or leave knowing you were not able in seven years to get a Pulse Memorial built what a horrible record. What an achiever. She, she should, she sh- <laughs> you know, they say that because I worked on the Trump campaign that I do not represent, um, you know, a good gay person. She oh. is as bad as you get if you're going to be out there for seven years being the face of the LGBT community in Orlando and you didn't get a Pulse Foundation built. You didn't get a building put in place. You didn't get a fountain. You didn't get benches. You didn't get nothing. She should be out of office and she should be held criminally responsible for what they are not telling us about the money that they raised, that they spent. This isn't about lawn furniture. I'll joke about that all day long. This is about them taking and never delivering anything for the community. There you go. How's you like that fired up statement, Randy? That was good. Randy, we need to put you on top of a pedestal. <laughs> Randy yeah. Ross that for City great. Council District 4, Orlando. Once again, Election Day is officially one week from today. Early voting sites are open. And if you've requested and received a mail-in ballot and have not sent it back yet, please fill it in for Randy Ross. Don't forget you're voting for the mayor's position as well. You have a couple of Republicans you can vote for there. And uh, get that ballot in. And uh, let's turn this thing around in Orange County. I'm sorry, in, in the city of Orlando and begin the process That's for right. Orange County. All right. Well, actually, Randy, if you get in there, start the investigation. <laughs> As Randy said yeah. earlier, the bad news is the turnout is low. Here's the good news. 
The turnout, turnout is low. <laughs> so us Republicans can make a big difference if we get it together and get out. And I know, and get out and vote. I know there's a lot of you folks out there that live in District 4 that are listening to us. So please get out and support Randy Ross in this election. On our Wednesday show, Mike McBath, Nostrum Dennis, and I were joined by Art Alley, founder of The Timothy Plan, a Christian-based investment broker, to talk about the dangers of a central bank digital currency and a possible alternative to it. That's right. So thanks for tuning in. You got Nostrum Dennis, Michael McBath, myself, Christopher Hart. And I tell you what, we got the big man about town because I'm talking about the founder of the Timothy Plan, Art Alley with us. Art, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm better now, man. Thank you. You're a tall guy. You're what, about six three or so? No, no, six. Okay, all right. No, when I hang out with Paul Blair, I'm the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Paul Blair was just yeah, in he's town. He's a very good player. He played yeah. with the Bears. He did. You know, and he's what, a little bit younger than me, but you know, good guy. What yep. an inspirational pastor he is, though, too. I tell you what. Now, Art here has founded the local branch of the Liberty Church, but Paul founded it originally in Colorado. In Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That's close. I mean, you know, unless you get north of of Jacksonville. (laughs) And he he played for Oklahoma State, so what I would say. Well, that part's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, why? once again, tell us, tell the folks why you founded that church here. Why would you want to do that? Well, it is, as some of the audience really knows, it is very difficult to find a good, solid Bible teaching church. We searched, and uh, I mean, there's good churches, don't get me wrong, but we wanted a rock-solid one that would equip, especially young people, who, well-meaning parents, take to Sunday school, you know, and they do their classes, and they go to church, and they do all that, and then they go to college <laughs> and go off the rails. It evaporates. We wanted to give them a rock-solid foundation so they could deal with what they're facing uh, out there in the, this crazy world. And you've, you're also doing something that I think is desperately needed. And Nasser Dennis has a story that will emphasize what I'm saying here, and that is the boot camps for pastors. Well, that's right. In fact, we've got one coming up Sunday night. Yep. Yeah, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Really? I know it well. I'm a Penn Stater. So, there you go. Uh, there you well, go. I'm going to eat a lot of chocolate, I mean, but for let me three tell you, days. You'll love it. And I mean, the chocolate, you can go into place. It's fantastic I and know. a great place to hold what you're doing. Yeah. Well, let, let, let Dennis has the story. This mm-hmm. is from Ohio now where they've got a big election coming up. Yeah, the uh, church is called the First Congregational United Church of Christ. It's in Columbus, Ohio. And I went to their website just to get a little sense of what they're about. And they say that their mission statement involves worship of God and social justice, which kind of says a lot right there. Mm -hmm. Then they show a picture of their pastor and their associate pastor. Their associate pastor is a woman, and she is wearing the alb multicolored. It's a rainbow all over her. Mm. So you kind of get a sense of what you're going to get out of this. The pastor of this church, Reverend Tim Ahrens, Um, has been appearing in TV ads in Ohio to voice his support for Ohio's Issue 1. Issue 1 is going to be voted on next Tuesday all over the state of Ohio. It is going to change the Constitution of the state of Ohio if it is passed to allow for abortion up until the date of birth. And this reverend says, I'm just quoting the Gospel of Matthew, do not judge and you will not be judged. He then says he counsels families in all different circumstances, and it's important they have the freedom to make the decisions that are best for their family without government interference. Yeah, this is two-sided. For one, it's terrible that they would use the church to do that, present that message. But on the other hand, the camps is to tell pastors, you can get involved in the political arena, that it's a part of... The church's purview. Uh, You know, Chris, so much of the church has gone woke today. It's much broader than I'd like to think. Right, that's an example. But there are, uh, absolutely. In fact, I saw that guy interviewed on uh, TV this morning. Um, He was on Newsmax. But, you know, there are rock-solid pastors out there who really do. Uh, let me back up a minute. The difference, I think, today and when I was growing up, and certainly when you were growing up, 
When a pastor went into the pulpit, he went kicking and screaming. He did not want it. And Paul Blair's uh, a case in point. Which I love that style. Did not want that. Right. Which meant he had the freedom to preach God's word no matter what. Today, it seems to be a career path for too many of these guys. Right. And when it's a career path, you're not going to offend anybody with offensive words or challenge them and make everybody feel good and, you know, fill the pews and fill the offering plates. Right. Unfortunately, I believe that's the majority of what we call the church today, but there are exceptions. We're looking for those exceptions and we're finding them. We've done three, uh, we've done 15 of these boot camps, roughly 100 pastors and their wives for three days and three nights in a luxury hotel. And we're going to be in the Hershey Hotel up there. It's pretty nice. It's a delightful place this time of the year, too. Um, And they, Paul Blair puts together an all star team that actually pours into these guys how to deal with this culture we're living in biblically. Not politically, biblically. The Bible's very clear on it. He equips them. And by the time that camp is over, these pastors and their spouses are transformed permanently. It's not get entertained and go back on Monday morning to business as usual. These guys are changed. And we've had 1,500 of them now go through Paul's boot camps. Too bad we can't put them into the college campuses. Oh, man. Yeah, they, that might they, be an assignment I'm not sure we can complete, but I mean, that would be all great. In due time. But he might be one that could. How, I mean, what a, what a picture of the culture we're in today. Yeah, when these kids will sad. stand up and, and demonstrate for the butchers that are, uh, that what went on in Israel, right. I mean, it is as sick as you can get. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Now, this boot camp is already booked and everything. What, do you have plans on another one in next year? Uh, we're going to probably have four. We'd like to have six. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the main uh, sponsor of these boot camps is Timothy Partners. And we, you know, there's a limit on how much because right. we... What we do is charge these guys $99 (laughs) a couple for three nights at a resort hotel. You know, we did the uh, Gaylord Palms here in Orlando a couple times and six meals. Wow. Um, Very generous. But it's the best, you know, I'm in the investment business as you, uh, best investment I can make because it's got to come. It's not going to come from Washington. It's not going to come from Hollywood. It's not going to come from New York. It's got to come from the pulpits in America to equip God's people to stand up and be counted. And these guys are doing that. And it's so important this day and age. Oh, Oh, amen. Unequivocally. Absolutely. Now, Art's going to stay with us for the rest of the show. We hope you will as well. Of course, you're listening to the American Adversaries radio show. We'll talk a little bit more about Liberty Church, and we're going to talk also about the Timothy plan and something that is afoot with our currency and something you can do to protect yourself. Okay, all that right here tonight on the American Adversaries radio show. And don't forget the heart of Central Florida with Charles Hart coming up after us next. So no reason to go anywhere. I hope you'll stay right there. So you can join Liberty Church and be a part of the solution, ladies and gentlemen. And they meet Sundays right over here in Maitland, I believe, isn't it? Well, we do. It's all we've been able to do to this point is we rent the Seventh-day Adventist church because they don't use it on Sunday. That's right. They rent it out. Right. Uh, And it made it kind of easy for us. But uh, we need a home. We're looking. We're looking seriously for a home. Okay. Um, We were just talking, you know, with Martha about how— the the fact that these butchers over there, Hamas, was just they practically every cruel thing you could imagine to do to a human being, they did, and including the beheading of the babies. Uh, they also went into one home where there were mother and father and two children, and they proceeded to disfigure the father. They gouged his eyes out, killed him in front of the family, uh, cut the breasts off, and killed the mother. Uh, cut the foot off of the daughter and then killed her, and cut the fingers off the little boy and then killed him. And they did those things before they killed him. And people, you know, and it doesn't seem to kind of register with them. I don't think it really sinks in. I, I, somehow we've become too desensitized. Maybe it's from the media 
Or, it's from uh, the video games and everything. You know, you just but, kill everybody in a video game, and it's like nothing happened. But, and, uh, but it's a real world problem. now. But, but it also shows, don't you think, Art, how spiritually bankrupt we oh, are. Yeah. You and know, that's, the, that's the fault of the churches. You know, uh, it has been said that the spirit of Amalek is still alive. Amalek is the one that attacked yeah. uh, as Israel was escaping Egypt. The end of the column were the weakest and the worst. It is a demonic spirit. Uh, they are totally insensitive to anything human life. They don't care about their own life. They're gonna if they kill, they're gonna go to their nirvana. Uh, but the, the why these kids can't understand that is a mystery. To, why their parents can't understand that and allow their kids to be doing this as they're bankrupting their their savings to put them through these colleges. And you can't reason with that kind of worldview. You just have to distance yourself from it. You know, I heard on the, uh, I think it was Fox Business this morning, that the group of Americans that is most vulnerable to online fraud is Generation Z, the youngest. The ones who grew up with the, the smartphones in their hands are the ones who are most vulnerable to be suckered into being taken by a fraudster. Programming. Remember what we talked about? They're you, they're too open for just suggestions, whether they're good or bad. Uh, indeed, and and this is why it's so imperative. But there is there take is our hope. spiritual. Uh, go ahead. There is hope, Chris, because I've been told that Gen Z is generally speaking the most conservative generation since world war ii and that is the flip side and that so eventually yeah. that pendulum comes back and hopefully it's not too late uh, uh it's never too late to keep keep fighting for well we right, win anyway. they lose that's i mean because right. this life is very short oh, right. you read the book to the end that's not fair hey, that's right <laughs> that's right now, one of the things that it mentions in the book is everybody gets assigned a number and that sort of stuff at the end days. And, of course, that's what digital currencies is all about. Oh, buddy. The biggest danger to our freedom and liberty, the, the, the switch that's going to change it all is digital currency. When they fl- and they've been working on this for years, and it's just not America. It's worldwide. Right. It is a, a, a socialistic, right out of their playbook. But if they can control your that you think is your money and they think is theirs, how you spend it, because paper money will disappear, you'll have a debit card, and they've got the technology. It's all embedded now. If they decide that you shouldn't drive five miles from your home, that little debit card, even though you think it's your money, yeah. it won't work. Or if you've... Uh, ordered too much gasoline or or soda or whatever, they will control you. And if they control the money uh, that you spend, you have no liberty left. Uh, It is the most dangerous thing. And, you know, instead of wringing our hands in a corner, we're looking around, what can you do? Well, what can we do? As an alternative. And there is an alternative. In the Constitution, Article 1, Section 10, gives states, well, the states have all the rights in the Constitution, which we're good at ignoring, right. but they have the right not to print national currency. They can't do that or we'd be in a mess. But gold and silver coinage, the states have the right to do that. So what if a state would step up, and there are about 14 of them looking at this now. Florida is leading the pack, I believe. What if they step up and create a vault and Chris, you put your five hundred thousand uh, dollar checking account into that vault. It will go into gold or silver bullion. Oh, I like the way he thinks. Gold it or is. silver bullion <laughs> in your case. name. That's okay. No, 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 go ahead. You will have a debit card on that on that uh, vault, and when you go to buy a cup of coffee, you just give them the debit card. It will uh, shave off, you know, grams of your gold. Because every minute of every day, the value of gold changes. But if a state would do this, uh, this would solve the problem nationally and give us a good alternative. So you'd have something actual backing up. Well, it, but it has to be currency. If it's a commodity, then you're dealing with capital gains on every single transaction. Transact, right. So if a state will make a currency, and we had uh, last week, Tuesday night, 
40 legislators at the Governor's Club in Tallahassee in Florida with my friend Kevin Freeman, who is the premier expert on this, uh, really debriefed them, and they got excited. There is a draft bill in Florida right now. I hope it uh, gets some legs, and I hope it will go through. But Florida can lead the way on this. Uh, we need an alternative. We're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. So let's get an alternative, and this would be a great solution. Well, one question. If this is state-issued, would you be able to use it in other states? Anywhere in the world. It's just, all you'll have is a debit card. That, that vendor won't know what it is. It's just your debit card. And in essence, this is what's done via electronic transactions already, right? Absolutely. In, in essence, yeah. Yeah. He is right in that aspect. Yep. And then the the because it would be based in you say gold and or silver. Well, it's going to depend on what the state does. It'll probably be gold, uh, but silver is another store of value. But it'll probably be gold, which is a historical uh, uh, store of value from day one on. And it couldn't be bricks. It would have to be actually coined as currency. No, 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 no. It, well, I mean, it's considered coinage, but it will be bullion, and it will be, uh, you will have your undivided interest in that bullion, and that'll be your uh, operating account. You can, you know, I'm in the investment world. Mike's in the investment world. It wouldn't matter what you invest your money in, because the only value is taking some of it out and spending it and, and improving your lifestyle. Uh, if we don't have this alternative, you can kiss your freedom and liberty goodbye because that will be the final uh, um, uh, crack in, oh, oh, in yeah. the dam, and, and, it, way, and they, it's over then. They already do this in China. And, of course. And during do, the, right. the COVID lockdown, I remember, if you lived mm-hmm. in Wuhan, you, basically you were not permitted to leave Wuhan, and the way they did it is they controlled your spending. And if you were trying to spend outside of Wuhan, you couldn't do Shut it. Shut down. And then they knew yep. where you were from trying to spend, yeah. and they would come and get you and take you back to Wuhan or put you in a, in, a, in a prison camp. Now, gold itself is it's seen as an inflation hedge and that sort of thing, but really it's actually one of the most stable. It's been pretty darn stable in the last few years, very stable. And I mean, and I mean, again, it doesn't seem to go up or down a lot. It has right. little jerks and, you know, when like, you know, there's... It's like the day it was down, like five bucks. You right, but you're mean? talking about $2,000 ounce. Oh, yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's 0.5% of percent, I think. Well, right? those of us with gray hair remember $35 an ounce, I, I you know? I know, I know, but, yeah. it, but, it, but it has gone up more gradually, say, than the but stock market. But it's a market. store of value right. that has some, you know, our paper money is worth nothing. Right. I can pull a, a dollar out of my pocket, give it to you, and it only has value if you're willing to exchange something right. for it. It's not backed There's by anything nothing. real. It's fiat money. It hasn't been for decades. And this is not a digital currency, what he's talking about, like Bitcoin or something like that. No, right. not at all. See, cause that's, that's where Mike's disappointed. That's his favorite investment. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm just looking right here. Here's the jury on the Friedman. Yeah, there's Bankman <laughs> Another Bitcoin no, sucker. No, see, because this is actually based mm. in a real commodity, unlike Bitcoin, which is just... You know, well, uh, it's, yeah, it's your savings account right. and, and your or your checking account, right. but it's not do, uh, paper money. It is bullion that has a store of value. Uh, well, there, gold is accepted worldwide. You know, everybody accepts gold. But is there enough gold mm-hmm. out there? Well, you know, that's another question. There are all these ETFs, exchange-traded things. Right. And the biggest one out there, I don't think there's enough gold in the world because the theory behind it is if you want... The, Take delivery in gold of your position, you can. Uh, so I don't know. This thing has been so leveraged, but there is gold out there. You know who's been accumulating gold for years is China. That's right. Because uh, mm-hmm. they know. They know where the value is. And um, we we have just been. Uh, uh, and the other thing, if China can sink our currency, they win. Now, you know? now uh, how can people find out more about the Timothy plan? Well, thank you for asking that, actually. Yeah. That, that, you can go to our website. It is simple to navigate. Even I can navigate it, timothyplan.com, or call us. And you can call locally or nationally, 800-TIM-PLAN, T-I-M-P-L-A-N. Mm-hmm. You will have a human being answer the telephone. 
who will connect you with another human being who will answer your questions for you. Uh, so we are, you know, we're in the service business. We understand that. Uh, but, you know, we are, uh, we're actually having a bit of an impact, but compared to somebody like BlackRock with their $10 trillion, uh, you know, with the... the yeah, but, but yeah. yours is faith-based investing. It's the right kind well, of Well, theirs investing. is too. It's just the other yeah. faith. Yeah, 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 yeah the wrong side wrong. of the coin, that's yeah. all. <laughs> all right. We'll take a break, and on the other side of the break, we'll come back. We have a caller on the line. Once again, we have Art Alley, the founder of the Timothy Plan, with us, and that's timothyplan.com, or call him, 800-TIM-PLAN, 800-TIM-PLAN. That's either local or national, so spread the word. If you've got family and friends in other parts of the country, they can invest with Timothy Plan as well. And uh, it's one of the best. And, by the way, their record of investing is right there with all the big dogs, right? I mean, your record over time? We're competitive. Uh, if I've got just a second left? Or do yeah, we... yeah, go ahead, Jeff. All we'll, right. we'll take a... when, when we launched this, my friends on Wall Street said, Allie, you are nuts. <laughs> now, my wife continued to say that over the years. But I said, what do you mean I'm nuts? They said, you cannot screen out investing in the largest most profitable companies in the industry and expect to get good performance good returns on your investment my answer 30 years ago when we launched this is the same as today if you are a bible believing christian obedience trumps performance every single time now what we've been able to prove over these 30 years is we're very you got both we got good managers uh, you don't have to own these companies that are trying to destroy you. And that's that's the difference we make. Well, I right. think the biggest endorsement is the fact that you wouldn't be here, you know, your company, if it were not a quality. Well, that's right. Situation. If we're a fish they, on I mean, our shirts, that's that's You would right. be long gone. Yeah. I mean, the ac- actual average broker doesn't even last five years. That's right. There yeah, you that's go. A... That says it all right there. We'll be right back. You call me AM 950 and FM 94.9. The answer. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you suffer with low energy, difficulty sleeping, digestive issues, frequent illnesses, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Heist Health Clinic is for you. Hi, this is Renee Humphreys. At Heist Health Clinic, we use holistic methods to balance your body so it can help heal itself. Call Heist Health Clinic at 407-677-1660 or go online to drheist.com so we can help you experience outrageous health. The holidays are here, and there's no better way to enjoy them than to celebrate with family and friends as you break bread together. Cafe Positano's is where thousands of families and businesses have enjoyed delicious, authentic Italian food served in a quiet atmosphere. Brothers Pasquale and Roberto Barba are proud to offer their family's recipes to your family, except on Thanksgiving Day, when they prepare the food and serve their employees. Celebrate and make Cafe Positano's a holiday tradition for your family and enjoy authentic Italian. Hi, I'm John Sieber, president of Patriot Home Funding, Central Florida's best mortgage broker. And we are making mortgages great again by offering the lowest rates and best service, all while not charging any lender junk fees or points on most of our products. And if you are a veteran, we will pay for your appraisal as a way of saying thanks for your service. Take the Patriot Home Funding Challenge. We'll give you five-star luxury service and save you money. Give us a call at 407-389-5132. That's 407-389-5132. 132 or visit us at myphf.com. At Patriot Home Funding, we finance the American dream. Patriot Home Funding is a licensed mortgage broker business in the state of Florida, NMLS 171699, and is an equal housing lender. John Siebert is a licensed mortgage originator in the state of Florida, NMLS 305711. We all know we can't avoid death and taxes. Here in Florida, we also can't avoid mold, mildew, and grime building up on our homes, businesses, carports, and sidewalks. When it's time for you to tackle that dirt and grime, call Deer Brothers Exterior Cleaning, D-E-E-R-E. They do it all from soft washing roofs to high-powered washing for those really tough jobs. No job too big or small. So when it comes time for you to deal with the mold, mildew, and grime, call Deer Brothers Exterior Cleaning at 407-978-8834. Leave the dirty work to them. 407-978-8834. (laughs) 
All right, welcome back to the show. It was a bit breezy out there today. A little call me the breeze for you right there. All right, uh, first of all, we have an update on the movie that's, that came out, and it's about the afterlife. What's it called again, Nostra Dennis? Yeah, it's called After Death. It's After a documentary death. where they talk to people who have had near-death experiences um, and have come back from them and have talked about what they experienced, what they saw, what they heard, what they felt. Um, and so many of them come up with a lot of the same facts, having never even, or the same experiences at least, having never seen or talked to any other people. In fact, most people, when they're interviewed for this movie, they say, this is the first time I've told anyone. I haven't told my wife about this yeah. because I think I'm the only person in the world who this has ever happened to. Turns out that is not the case. Hundreds of thousands of people. And by the way, these experiences are both good and bad, right? Hey, you bet. You bet. <laughs> and, and and the fortunate thing is the people who came back with the bad experiences changed their, their lives. If that didn't convert you, nothing would. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's still playing. Yeah, it plays at least through Thursday. And I'm looking right here. It looks as if uh, it's uh, been extended for another week at a lot of uh, theaters, like the Regal Wakava Riverwalk, the AMC Altamont. Several times a day. It's not just a one time and, and gone kind of thing. It's playing a couple times a day in these theaters. So it looks like it's being held over for a second week. It's definitely worth a look. All right. Art, do you have any idea how quickly that they may try to implement the central bank digital currencies? The, the rumor is that the, they're going to start rolling it out in a sort of a testing format very quickly. Uh, Chris, they've been working on this for years. And it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's not just the United States. They are ready. Uh, how long it'll take, I don't know. I think it's pretty imminent. Uh, be a lot quicker than we think. And once that happens, we're done. Yeah. I mean, there's no going to be done. No, I just hope the people just resist. I mean, this because they at the World Economic Forum and places like that. That's where they get together the plot against everyone. Well, and that's where you're going to own nothing yep. by 2030 right. and be happy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. All right. See, the way they see it is <laughs> I like how you said that. The way they see it is wait a second. That's not how I see it. <laughs> that having personal property mm, is the the source of all of our you know troubling issues, homelessness, <laughs> and all this other stuff is because we actually have personal properties we except have for them. homes and, <laughs> yeah, and like, let's call it a global reset which yeah. sounds pretty and flowery and yeah. you know yeah. wonderful except that everybody yeah. gets reset to zero yeah that's and, the problem and this is the kind of thing we equip these pastors with we deal with these right with and that that's at a these good boot issue. camps so yeah. that they can equip their people. They need I, to know. I agree. And they they need to be a part of this because they're at the grassroots level, speaking to people one-on-one -on -one in their pulpits, face-to-face. -face. And that's where, you know, real, shall we call it, community organizing occurs. Ah, and it's well, motivational. I mean, when they uh, hear from their pastor, they have great faith in their pastor. And when correct, he comes right. up with, you know, the right story, the right time, he's doing a great service to the world. And, you know, he is going to offend some people that don't want to hear well, some of this stuff. Can't be perfect. And they're going to leave. It's okay. Just but the other side of that coin is what they're finding out is more people will be drawn to mm -hmm. them. The Jesus is, is the perfect example of that. Right. Amen. Right? Yeah, he did not come to unite the whole world. He came to divide it. And he was a political player. Remember, he goes into the temple and raises hell oh, yeah. in there, right? I mean, and it was uh, his execution was yeah. much political as anything else. All right, Terry is on the line. Hey, Terry, how are you doing tonight? Thank you for calling. Hey, it's Harry, but that's my radio name anyway. Okay, um, Harry. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I want to give a commercial for Timothy Plan, but first, I think Art will know the guy who's sponsoring the bill. He's the closest uh, guy to you. Is it Doug Bankson? Is yeah. it up yeah. In yeah, Doug is one of the sponsors. Okay, oh, I, I just knew he was really close to the radio program in case you guys could ever hit him or something. But my my um, commercial is um, I'm with the Timothy plan on several BTFs, et cetera, things. And uh, Dan Celia got me interested in that. I'd heard about it for years, had an office near you guys in May of London. And you guys are great. I mean, it, it, the returns are great. I feel really good supporting not BlackRock etc so thank you for that and then one last thing is related to i watched Patton last night and listening <laughs> to you guys talk while i was waiting 
And uh, Art, tell me if, if, if uh, he reminded me of Chris, basically, at the very beginning, talking about the flag. I think that's how we would fight these barbarians, as Mike Johnson would call them, yeah. uh, in Israel. Yeah. But look at those first whatever minutes it is behind the flag again. It surprised me. Yeah, I didn't remember it that well, but thank you guys for your time. Yeah, uh, the, the very opening when he talks about why I know we, we it was fight. great, yeah. absolutely. Now great. we had to clean up Chris's language a little mm. bit, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, but there is a similarity, yeah. uh, no doubt. This, this, this is the big picture stuff, and so you you just heard a testimonial about the Timothy right. plan. Now, if somebody wants to shift their account, do you handle all that? In other words, if they call you and say, I'm, I'm at so-and-so and I want to be with you, do you take it from there? Uh, 90% of our investors are through their financial advisors. And if their financial advisor is not familiar with us, uh, have him call us and we will educate him. Uh, but we do deal with people that don't have them and, and educate them. Everything's electronic today. Everything is so... Well, uh, I was going to say simple, but, you know, the SEC keeps simplifying things. And when <laughs> they do that, the hair on the back of my neck stands up. Oh, no doubt. Because their simplification seems pretty complicated. <laughs> but it's not it, – it really isn't that difficult to uh, make transfers. All right. Very good. Uh, and thank you for your comment. Uh, my question to you would be, would you be just as happy if we weren't quite as competitive, if we were a little less competitive – because we need that kind of conviction out there. You do it God's way, he's going to take care of things. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt he will. So once again, that's timothyplan.com, the website, or call and speak to someone live at 800-TIM-PLAN. And that's both local and national number, 800-TIM-PLAN. Actually, international number as well, 800-TIM-PLAN. And we'll keep an eye eye on this. And uh, maybe we'll get uh, Doug Bankson in here because, you know, they're doing the committees right now where they're talking about this and writing this stuff up and see if they're going to actually uh, run, move on this in, the, in, the, in January. Yeah, the two front guys were, were Doug and Webster Barnaby. And they pull together because, I mean, I don't know these legislators from Adams Housecat, mm-hmm. or they don't know me. Uh, they put uh, 40 of them in a room who are all uh, really interested. All right. So I got again. one last question, and this is a simple one, but I think it's, it's interesting. Why Timothy? Tell us why it's called the Timothy Plan. I know Timothy is a character from the Bible. He's got his own epistle in the back. Yeah. Well, I've learned over the years, and those of you listening that are married will know the truth of this. If you're going to go into a uh, any kind of an endeavor, men, and you don't seek your wife's counsel on it, or, or she doesn't even have to understand it, but God gives women a certain sense. And over the years, I can show you my scars when I just plowed forward without asking Bonnie. But on this one, I went home. I said, Bonnie, I think uh, I'm being called to do this. What do you think? And she got real excited. I said, well, we have to call it something. Um, and she went home. She's been in heaven for nine months now. Uh, we got to call it something. And, you know, she started looking through some of our study material in Scripture, and she came up with Timothy. Mm. And it's on 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, where if you don't provide for your family, which is investing, uh, you've denied the faith. You're worse than an unbeliever. And same chapter, verse 22, is avoid evil. And it just came together like that. And Bonnie is the one that came up with the name Timothy. Very cool. Very, Very cool. good. Yep. All right. As I said, Mike won't be here tomorrow night, so we won't be doing the contest. Well, we'll but we missed back. one last week for the uh, costume contest. Yeah, this is, I'm sorry a lot of you missed it. Uh, you all remember uh, Don Lemon from CNN. I, don't re- I know who he is. Mm-hmm. He uh, actually just went to a Halloween party last night. And he dressed as Kamala Harris. He wore a wig, a bu- uh, blue dress with uh, pearls. <laughs> the and blue, blue what I really liked the most was his fiance went with him, Tim Malone. <laughs> and, and he went dressed he as? He went as Joe Biden. Oh, my God. Make it a short story long. I'll make it uh, real long. Guess what? He didn't win. All right. No. All right. You can be a winner. Timplan.com. <laughs> keep loving. Keep praying. Don't ever give up. Never surrender. And try to be a little more godlike every day. Night, everybody. On our Thursday show, Central Florida congressional candidate Anthony Sabatini spoke to Rick Brown and me about the new House Speaker, his own campaign, and Republican presidential politics.
That brings us uh, to a guy who wants to be a member of Congress so he can help rein this sort of thing in. I'm talking about Anthony Sabatini, who's on the line with us now. Anthony, how are you doing tonight? Never been better. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Excellent. So what do you think about the Congressional Budget Office coming out and saying that if you cut $14.7 billion in spending, it'll increase the debt by $26 billion? Uh, <laughs> you got to love it. Uh, this is uh, an absolute joke of, of a government. And uh, quite literally everything the Biden administration touches just turns into complete corruption and lies. Uh, at this point, it's just laughable. I mean, they, they literally cannot produce any numbers that make any sense of what we call reality. So it's just not even worth not, not even worth listening to what the Biden administration is saying. Well, what do you think about this approach by the new Speaker of the House, and what do you think about him in general? Well, I think Mike Johnson's pretty good. I think he's promising. I think he's like any politician. you got to hold him accountable. He's going to do good things, but you got to push him to do better things and, and just stay on top of him. Uh, I like what he's saying so far. He's going to do standalone bills on various things. Uh, obviously, that should have happened nine months ago, uh, you know, uh, with McCarthy, but he lied and delayed the budget purposely to try to uh, – put the squeeze on the members, and so that's why he's gone. So, yeah, let's hope Mike Johnson does the right thing. Let's just keep him accountable and make sure that uh, we're doing individual appropriations bills. So I think we can get it done. Well, today the House did pass an appropriations bill. It's the one we just were alluding to where mm-hmm. $14.7 billion for Israel, but it takes that out of, and I think that was in the Inflation Reduction Act where they had that extra 87000 or whichever bill it was. And now it's going on to the Senate, where Schumer says he's not even going to give it the time of day. So already the Speaker is going to be tested here. Uh, how do you think it's going to turn out? And do you think he's just staking out a negotiating ne- negotiating position here? Or is this really new day in Washington, D.C.? Uh, I think it is somewhat of a new day. And I do think that at the end of the day, Biden uh, risks the biggest political loss if there's a shutdown. So I think if the House does the right thing and gets individual bills uh, to the Senate, the Senate can cho- choose if they want to shut down the government by not passing uh, not passing what the House did, and then Biden's the ultimate loser on that. So Because the House is just being very reasonable. They're just putting forth pretty decently fiscally conservative standalone bills, and it's really a game of take it or leave it. And of course, the course in the mainstream media is lying and saying that the political fallout uh, would affect Republicans in a negative way, and that's not true. That's true. So I think they're going to take up the bills and do the right thing, to be honest. I'm pretty optimistic this time. Well, your opponent in the Republican primary, this is for District 11, uh, and has been very quiet, but his votes have been pretty solid. Uh, any any comments there? I totally disagree with you on that one. He voted for the debt ceiling. That was a really a pretty big uh, crisis right there. I don't think anybody who cares about the fiscal standard of the country would be voting to hire Joe Biden's number one priority, which is the debt ceiling. So that was a bad mark. I also think he did a really bad job by voting for the continuous resolution to uh, make sure that Biden's uh, budget continues. Of course, he did that multiple times. I also disagree with this vote for Kevin McCarthy, which put us in this mess to begin with and wasted nine months of our two years of Republican power. I think that was a big mistake. And then, of course, we can talk about, you know, his past votes or lack there of votes. You know, when Donald Trump was getting impeached, uh, Dan Webster was too lazy to even show up to vote. So he didn't even cast a vote in the impeachment of Donald Trump. He, obviously, he should have been there to vote against it, but he didn't vote at all because uh, he's kind of a bum. So I would say his voting record is actually pretty atrocious. I would say he's, you know, somewhere to the, the middle or the left of the caucus. Definitely not a Freedom Caucus guy. Refuses to join the Freedom Caucus. Refuses to vote, support, uh, term limits of any type or shape. And, you know, he's been in office since 1980 and really doesn't have much to show for it. So I disagree with you on the voting record. Well, other than those things, <laughs> what else but he, he looks tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you know, this... And then, by the way, not to beat a dead horse, but there's a few other bad ones. He voted to give $100 billion to Ukraine. That's obviously something I would have been against from day one. I'm right. still against it. I'm sure he's trying to change his tune. He's starting to alter his behavior now that he has a serious primary challenger. But historically, he's an America last guy. Give as much money as to Ukraine or any other countries we possibly can. 
while the average Central Floridian can't even pay their rent. So that's just the difference between me and him. And, of course, the primary election day is next August. So there's going to be a lot of chances for him to change his tune, I suppose, along the way. Um, but this this new day in Congress, I think, it, 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 in a way, it doesn't matter who the new speaker is because there's a new reality. And that is that you could be held actually accountable for your promises. Am I, am I t- too optimistic in that assessment? Yeah, that's exactly that is exactly right, Chris. That is that is the best way to look at the situation. It's not so much about the personalities; it's about the the dynamic system, the way the system works, and the system works very differently now than it did a month ago. Back then, it was hollow threats. Freedom Caucus had no power. The establishment just ran roughshod over the conservatives, and that was the end of the game. Now that they know they can get scalped, they can be quite literally removed from office, thrown out, jobless, like Kevin McCarthy. It changes the entire system. It changes the mentalities. It changes the possibilities. And so it doesn't matter if it was Mike Johnson or Kevin Hearn or even Byron Donald that was sitting in the speaker chair. They're going to act and think and, and, and do things differently because they know uh, that uh, they're going to be held accountable. You can't do what McCarthy said, which is in January he gets elected. He says we're going to do standalone bills. He runs the clock down, puts everybody on a six-week vacation in August and July, comes back and says, looks like we're out of time, and then tries to do a continuing resolution. That's just atrocious. And, uh, you know, he did that. Why did he do that? He was not a stupid person. He just thought he'd get away with it. He thought that the membership lacked the courage to hold him accountable. And uh, because of guys like Matt Gates and my friend Andy Biggs, um, you know, those days are gone. So, Well, I think we're also beginning to see some fallout in the Republican Party. Uh, is it was it Kay, is it Kay Granger I think is her name and Ken Buck, uh, who were you know McCarthy acolytes. They have now announced that they are not going to seek reelection next year. And I believe she is the chair of the Appropriations Committee, if I'm not mistaken, which is like the most powerful committee in Washington D.C. Are you surprised? Yeah, I was a little surprised about Granger. I mean, she's done you know decade after decade in office, so I knew eventually she would leave. I think she is afraid of a primary challenge and. Also, just tired of the system. Uh, but on Ken Buck's part, you know, he's historically he's had a conservative voting record, and then kind of went AWOL and went crazy and went anti uh, anti Trump and anti conservative last few years. But historically, he's had one of the most conservative voting records. In fact, he was a star in the HBO uh, TV show The Swamp, which was based on Matt Gates, Thomas Massey, and Ken Buck. Because back then he was an outsider. Now he's really changed his tune. It's funny. D.C. will change you. It will change you. And you see people get up there and change a lot, sometimes very, very quickly. And so Ken's sort of an example of that. Well, Tallahassee didn't seem to change you much. Can we expect the same from Washington, D.C. when you get there? Oh, I tell people all the time, politics has absolutely changed me. I become far more right-wing every single day I served in office, so. The truth is, D.C. will do the same thing. It'll radicalize me. You know, you're going to change no matter what, just the way of human nature. But what happens is the change is usually for the worse. People become more complacent, acquiescent, and they sell out. The truth is we need people to get in office and then become tougher, <laughs> understand the stakes of you know the, what's, at, what's at stake in this country, and become tougher and more conservative. So that's the change that you'll see for me. Well, how can people help you campaign out? Well, they check out the website, sabatiniforcongress.com, sabatiniforcongress.com, or shoot me a text at 352-455-2928 if you want to get involved in the campaign. Obviously, donations are strongly appreciated, but the number one thing we need is just people to come knock on doors, get the word out, and really highlight the differences between me and a status quo Republican that doesn't want to fight to the level that Democrats fight. That's what I tell people. At the end of the day, you're going to see me fight as hard or harder than the Democrats do. The Republicans aren't fighting as hard as they should. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I continue to run and be in office. Yeah. We oftentimes get angry at them what they do, but at least they're doing for their side. Um, Oh, yeah. I get angry, but I also also try to learn from our enemies, too. Right. Exactly. Now, as you know, the congressional map is still in dispute. Are you concerned that it might be altered for District 11 as well as the rest of the districts? No, there's some there's a little bit of misinformation about that. So the map litigation, they've already had what they call a stipulation that none of the districts south of, let's say, Flagler County area, sort of north central area, uh, would be altered. So no matter how the map uh, litigation goes, 
the only districts that are uh, at, at risk of being drastically rewritten or even my, and rewritten in any way are the ones of North Florida. So all the Central Florida seats, 7, 11, 9, all these other districts, they're, they're not going to be affected no matter how the litigation goes. And that's sort of an insider baseball thing, but not something that will affect any of us Central right. Floridian congressmen. That's comforting to know. SabatiniForCongress.com is the website, SabatiniForCongress.com. Let's talk presidential politics for just a moment. As you know, the Florida Sunshine Summit is going to be here in Orlando at the Gaylord Palms on Saturday, where you've got, I don't think all, but most of the top-tiered Republican candidates will speak. Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, I think Tim Scott's scheduled. And, of course, Donald Trump is going to be the final speaker. Um, How do you think that uh, race is uh, shaking? Out, I mean, really, kind of no surprises except that Trump seems to continue to gain against the other candidates. Yeah, I mean, the primary's been over. You know, we became, I'm the chairman of the Lake County Republican Party. We became the first county in the United States out of 3,000 counties to endorse Donald Trump for president two weeks ago, the first of any county in the country, any county GOP. And we think that other counties are going to follow us because they know at this point the primary is really just destructive. You know, it was fine to have an early primary. People can chat back and forth about what they want to see in a candidate. But guess what? It's over. You're talking about 50-point spreads and, you know, over half of the state. So at this point, um, you know, the more these Republicans stay in the race, the more they're hurting the inevitable winner, which is Donald Trump, and therefore hurting all Republicans in the November election. And so that just needs to come to a quick and fast end. And I was happy to see Rick Scott also endorse uh, Trump uh, in the last couple of days. But I can tell you why they're staying in the race. Uh, the reason these guys stay in the race is because they're thinking about 28, and they want to be talked about when 28, you know, ramps up, and they want to say, well, I finished second or I finished third. You know, I didn't have a bad finish, blah, 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 in 24, and so therefore I should be relevant in 28. You know what? That's fine and good that that's their selfish motive for staying in, but the truth of the matter is it's hurting us, and so they need to do the right thing, the selfless thing, dip out, focus on their – State or whatever office or position they're in, and then come back at 28 and run. Because as you know, Donald Trump can't run in 28. So, right, right. Now, when he wins in 24, he can't run in 28. <laughs> now, you know, correct. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, 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 <laughs> Legally, if he lost 24, he could run again. That's correct. That's right. Right. That, so. uh, now, you you know David Pollock, right? And he's got a radio show here. Yes. And the other night on the show, he was speculating, and I thought it was a pretty good theory that the establishment. We're thinking ahead for 2028, kind of conceded 24 to Trump to be the nominee, if at least. And they saw that Ron DeSantis was probably the likely heir apparent, and they wanted to get him out of the way. And in order to get him out of the way, they convinced him to run this time so he'd get run over by the Trump train. You think there's uh, any reason? <laughs> you, you know, this is but politics. Whenever when you hear a theoretical, philosophical argument that's like 90 chess, multi-pieces and players and <laughs> layers of agency and, and notice, generally that's not the right answer. The most simple answer generally suffices. It's the most true, like Occam's razor or whatever, uh, the principle. At the end of the day, it, DeSantis really believed he could win. He thought Donald Trump would go down with the indictments, not up with the indictments. He also thought a conviction or arrest of Donald Trump uh, would make him not just less popular, but, uh, you know, essentially make him uh, damage. He found, he found that to be untrue. He got bad advice from the consulting class, which is consistently wrong, but always blows your, you know, tries to blow up your ego like they did with DeSantis. I mean, the biggest clue to understand DeSantis was, you know, right before his governor election, they put out an ad. Most people have forgotten it by now, but it was the weirdest ad of all time. And it said basically God created the earth in seven days and the world in seven days. And on the seventh day, he created a, quote-unquote, created a fighter, and then it was like DeSantis came out of the shadows. And when I saw that ad, I just thought, this is the most blasphemous, disturbing thing I've ever seen. And quite literally, it shows you that the consultants had just made him think he could beat anybody and that he was the second coming of, you know, our Lord. And so that's what happened. He got played. He's running. And by the way, he still believes that. You know, DeSantis said yesterday, oh, if Donald Trump gets convicted in one of the courts, then he's really over, and so he thinks yeah. he'll be the inevitable yeah. front runner after that. So. If he can get rid of Nikki Haley. If yeah. Donald Trump gets convicted and he can get rid of Nikki Haley, he might have a chance. Isn't she now the real opponent for yeah. Trump? I mean, not, not necessarily opponent, but the, the better of yeah. the also-rans. <laughs> She's closest say? of those yeah. that are 50 points behind. Yes, right. <laughs> there was a pretty, yeah, there was a, 
decently scientific poll that came out today, and it was Trump at 55 or 60, and then DeSantis was 15, Nikki was 12, everybody was 8, 7, 4, 3. So it looks like DeSantis got some of the Pence voters because uh, he dropped, and, and that's about it. Nobody, Nobody's going to go above 15 or 16, so it's, it's kind of laughable to even – yeah. chat about it <laughs> you, know, you know speaking of polls uh, most of the polls now show that in a head-to-head race between trump and biden and that is whether it's with rfk as a third party or not that trump is at least within the margin of error or not ahead given that what would you say to people who still continue to say and DeSantis said it today and yesterday that trump can't win the general election yeah, well it's obviously not based on science scientific polling uh, but i will tell you know to their you know to play devil's advocate there was a time when trump wasn't polling as good uh, against the uh, you know typical uh name for a democrat and what happened is as biden's uh, uh mistakes continue to accumulate over the last nine months he's pulled far far better and now he's at the point where he's he's uh, obvious he's an obvious front runner uh, in regards to the race between him and biden but at one point it did look a little closer and Trump was doing not as not as hot, not as well in some states. So that's where that rumor got uh, started, and uh, it's been obviously totally dispelled by any of the polls in the last four to five months. And if anything, you know, Trump uh, just, uh, Trump's picked up support uh, from independents, especially with indictments, which they see as just uh, Biden maneuvering. And so, for, for with that said, it's just a false belief. But you know, you say you know, sort of fake it till you make it. They just continue to push it. Until people believe it, and guess what? <laughs> there are a lot of people who still believe it because people say it. Not because it's true, but because people say it, and that's how politics works. Sure is. All right, well, Anthony, good luck to you. We'll be talking to you a lot more over these next few months, and we're looking forward to you Thanks, running hard in that campaign. Thank you. Okay. that's Thanks, guys. God bless. Same to you. Thank you. SabatiniForCongress.com. SabatiniForCongress.com. We'll be back with more of the American Adversaries radio show on this contest Thursday, brought to us by Images Auto Spas and the Supreme Car Detailing Superstores.